longtime Raleigh establishment, the Rialto Theater, is reopening its doors. This is why we bring in the man in charge of it now, our good friend Hayes Permar. Congratulations, What's by the way. What's going on? Thank you so much, Dennis. Uh, great to be here with you, Lewis. Great to join you guys, and uh, thanks for having me to talk Rialto. You are... You're only the 13th uh, interview I've done today about it. Oh, wow. The, but the yeah. first one I booked. Your show just doesn't exactly. come on to the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. And one of the very few that I was willing to go uh, live with where I came to them. Everyone else, I said, no, no, no. you got to come to the Rialto. Nice. you got to drive down Glenwood Avenue. But you guys, I came to you. Exactly. Should have done a live show from the Rialto. Why, well, why don't we think about it? Uh, in, the, in the future. It's, it's on the table. Hold on. It's on the, do- is it on the docket. You might just get what you ask for. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I made my way down to the... Uh, the sales bin before I came in here, and, okay. the, and the programming bin. So always working. We, we uh, we'd love to see some uh, live podcasting, uh, mm-hmm. live performances, uh, all, all kinds of that stuff is going to be coming at the Rialto. All right, so Rialto known for being a movie theater. Sure. For th- for those who don't know, the Rialto Theater is located on Glenwood Avenue in the Five Points area. Yep. And mostly just known for being a long-standing, the long oldest movie theater in Raleigh. Yes, and, but, in, and in its most recent history, it's been almost exclusively movies. They've yes. done some other things, but mm-hmm. mostly it's been an independent art house uh, film place for a while. Now, you're looking to possibly add to that, right? As opposed to just being movies, you want to add more to this, basically be like a multi-purpose yeah. place. and the cool thing about it is it really is, it's a page from the Rialto's past as well. Yeah. In the late 80s, early 90s, they had live performances that, like, you would not believe. Um, like, Allison Krauss and Union Station played there. Really? Wow. Tori Amos, hmm. uh, Belissa Etheridge, Widespread Panic played there wow. in 1993. Fishbone, Iggy Pop, Devo, Arlo Guthrie, all these bands. Uh, now, And I've said this. If any of those bands would like to come back and play, <laughs> they are welcome back at the Rialta for an encore uh, performance. Let's make but it happen. Come also, on down. We want to find the 2023 version of those bands. I mean, Tori Amos is playing in the Rialto, and like two years later, she's the biggest thing in music and winning Grammy Awards and all mm-hmm. that. Um, Bjork played the Rialto when she was with what? a band called Sugar Cubes. There you and go. She kept re- referring to the uh, very cool dome lighting as the UFO uh, hovering <laughs> above the audience. So just an sure. amazing That's music history. That again, we'll be kind of hearkening back to that as mm-hmm. we move forward, but not just music. I, music will be a big thing because I think Raleigh's got great live music, and we feel like we can just be another piece of that music scene that already exists with Lincoln Theater, yeah. Red Hat, yeah. Poor House, The Ritz, um, you know, Walnut Creek, the Cocoa Booth. Just a, all, all of them great, and all of them like a little bit unique, right? It's a yeah. difference yeah. seeing a show, even at like Red Hat versus Cocoa Booth, which are both outdoors, you know, it's a different, different experience. And so the Rialto with our uh, Indoor theater, but a big space, 400-plus seats in there. Um, it just, I think it sets us a little apart, but fits us in the music scene as well. And then comedy we want to do as well. Okay, yeah. Um, and then other live stuff. Jokes aside about podcasts, they're a very popular medium. And there's podcasts that I've never even heard of that get a million listeners. And then if they if if you have a million listeners, that means there's 300 people in Raleigh that are listening to you, right? <laughs> Probably, So yeah. having a live podcast performance. Um, if Mr. Beast wants to come up and roll, say, Mr. Three Beast out out bring him, man. As long With as he brings his wads of, of money, just, yeah. as long as it's, some of it spills out onto the floor as he's there. But, like, no, we um, – Live performances of all kinds we will be be uh, putting on at the Rialto. Not abandoning movies. Movies are still sure. crucial and will always be a part. Um, but uh, but we just want to, again, take a page for what it, it's been 
Uh, it's been several different things in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We just heard uh, our man Rusty, who runs this place, he, yeah. watched, he watched Woodstock, <laughs> a broadcast of Woodstock at the Rialto. So uh, we'll do all kinds of stuff there, man. Well, so, I mean, your passion for the Rialto is, I mean, it's it seeps through everything, obviously. Um, what What's one, one of your favorite moments and memories? All right, so the, the, the coolest for me was... Growing up, I was the, the, the I'll get to the coolest. Okay. Sorry, you, you no, take your time. I'm take a little long winded. Uh, growing up, my parents we we could, we literally could walk to the theaters. That's part of why it's special to me. It's the neighborhood I grew up in. It's the neighborhood where I live now. Five Points, just a little bit north of downtown, and it's cool. As downtown has grown, it's still separate from downtown. But like when I was a kid, I would have thought walking from the Rialto to downtown is like no no no. I, I need a car. And now you're like. No, this is like a little neighborhood just north mm-hmm. of downtown. Great little uh, epicenter. So my memories are walking there and seeing movies. So I was the youngest of three kids and 10 years younger than my oldest sister. So by the time I was like 10 and 11, they were like, we're not getting babysitters. You're just coming with us. So I'd go see a film at the Rialto. And no disrespect, I'm sure they were all great films. But at 11 years old, maybe they were just a little over my head. Yeah. So I'd be like... I'm probably going to have to read subtitles, but there's a chance I might see some tops come off in these foreign, <laughs> like foreign films had a much higher percentage chance. So, um, oh, yeah. So that, but then fair a, point. A more, a more uh, visceral memory for me, again, my dad would read Indie Week and any movie that was real, well-reviewed that was playing at the Rialto, he would go see. It's a Friday night. I'm 15 years old. I'm a dork, so I don't have anything else going on. I don't have my license. So he's like, why don't you just come to this movie with me? It's got a weird name. You know, you Movies back then had like Ghostbusters, and you know what you're going to see people yeah. killing ghosts, right? Yeah. Uh, but so in the early 90s, this weird name film, like, yeah, whatever, we'll go, me and my buddy. We sit down, and we are blown away by Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. one of the coolest parts about it is, um, if you'll remember, the opening scene is, is, uh, uh, John Travolta telling Samuel L. Jackson all the ways that, that Amsterdam is cooler. Yeah. And everybody remembers the Bi- Le Big Maggot stuff. But one of the things he says is, did you, did you know in a movie theater in Amsterdam, you could just drink a glass of beer? And the Rialto at the time was the only movie theater I knew of wow. that served a glass of beer. So there was this like little chuckle of like, we must be in a kind of a cool place if they're talking about how cool it is in Amsterdam and we're drinking a glass of beer. Well, not we. I was 15 with my dad. Yeah. yeah. But but they were serving beer here. So um, it's a, that is a is a strong memory for me at the Rialto. And now that's standard, just beer at a movie theater. Beer, wine, and in fact, as I think I'm allowed to announce these things. We've sure, talked to the Wicked County ABC. I got my ABC license, baby. Wow. The other I sat down. With Let's my, go. I, I don't wanna, the, real, uh, the real answers we were looking for. I don't want to dox any ABC people. Actually, they, they seriously have been awesome to work mm-hmm. with from the, the permanent people, whatever. But I sat down with my guy today, and basically he showed me this magazine you get when you're a restaurant and you – order abc and it's like uh it's like the i'm trying to think the the best catalog as a kid that had toys in it yeah it's like a little yeah, bit of yeah. toy catalog but it's like all liquor like, Ooh, <laughs> i want that Ooh, it's like I the old east that. bay catalogs yeah, 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 that's, yeah, perfect, perfect, that's a good one perfect, yeah yeah uh, the old east bay catalog so that's i got my hands on that today and i was like oh this is all i ever wanted <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah. well all right let's uh, hayes permar I, can we say you're the owner of no, the Rialto? No, you cannot say I'm the, I'm the owner. Are, are you uh, the principal? No, I am. I am the uh, managing I'm the partner. Managing partner of okay. a group. There you go. That has taken over. But I want to be real clear on this. Okay. Seriously, and I'm not trying to be cheesy or anything. The Rialto to me is like the smells coming off the char grill grill, yeah. or the grass at Dick's Park, yeah. or the glow mm-hmm. off the Krispy Kreme, you know, hot dogs now. Sign. Yeah. Legally, somewhere you can go look up. Somebody owned these things, right? Yes. Yeah, so we, you know. But in reality, like, 
nobody owns that, right? Like that, nobody owns the smell coming off Char Grill. No. And the Rialto is is a, a feeling, a vibe that the former owner Bill Peoples um, and the owner of the building has been a great neighbor for a long time. They have created this incredible legacy. So I'm just the guy lucky enough to be able to um, steer the next chapter. And I know that's uh, people, the TV folks are like, yeah, I need your title. And I'm like, popcorn popper and dude who's super excited to be a part of this next thing. And they're like, that's not going to work, man. And I'm like, well, don't do owner because that's not. I'm, well, managing you know, partner. I'm the guy who's, okay. who's I'm, I'm the spokesperson at the very least. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> the, the managing partner, spokesperson, popcorn popper, an all-around hyped guy, Hayes Permar, joining us here Love it. in See, studio. You can, See, you can do those kind of titles on radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can works. do those Shout things. out to radio. You need more description. And yeah. you know what? You're in charge, so no. we can you can name yourself whatever you want to be. Right. Speaking of the process to get to where we are today, um, how long was this process to get to, to where it is? Because Rialto's been closed for over a year now. Yeah. Who approached who? Where did the ideas stem from? Like, there's there's a, There are a lot of moving parts in order to purchase this place, and not only just to get it back up and running. So. Sure. Take us a little bit into the process. Um, it's you know some of the things will remain in the process. Sure, no, that's the, totally fine. No, the reality is it uh, when it, the Rialto, much like I was saying, it doesn't feel like something that somebody owns, even though they're hard work of many that have gone into making it awesome, right? Yeah. But it just feels like it's this thing that exists and forever would. And every Friday night, the Rocky Horror Picture Show would go on, and mm-hmm. when a cool movie comes through, it would go there. You just believe that would happen. So when, you know, we've had conversations, Dennis, about yeah. our, our goals and what we want to do next and what we're trying. And what, yeah, you know, absolutely. Never would I stop to say, and maybe I would try and, uh, you know, run the reality because you don't think of it, right? Mm-mm. But then when you heard it was possible, when when you heard, hey, the uh, Bill's retiring because he's been doing it for a long time, just instantly I was like, I, I think that might be what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and so it was a little bit of whimsy. Um, you know me. I'm a little bit of a dreamer. I do feel very proud of myself. I went and had you should. A, a lot of practical conversations, a lot of grounded conversations. Sure. Um, Chris Edge over at that station was mm-hmm. somebody I talked to about the live music scene here. He was very supportive. And people were, A, super enthusiastic in the way they reacted to me about it. But they weren't just um, – they helped support my dream, but they were also like, but yeah, let me tell you A, B, and C that you need to do, or look at X, Y, Z, where this has worked before. Like, I think this can work, Hayes. Dave Rose at Deep South Entertainment, who I know has, has done all kinds of live music around here. He's one of the f- people that sort of mentored and encouraged me and, and said, yeah, you need to do a couple things, but this is, venue was hot in the 80s and 90s, and it could be hot again. So from there, it was just finding the right group of neighbors and friends uh, who believed selling them on the vision, which wasn't that hard. Again, a lot of people had the same reaction. And for me, man, there's a lot of learning, dude. I feel like yeah, I, should yeah, go, sure. I should go to Wake Tech. Um, shout out Wake Tech. My man, Scott Rawls, who runs things over there. I should take them the packet of like, hey, here's the business plan that I did for this, the p- profit and loss. I learned what TICAM means in like rent structures, whatever, like, can I get some credits at least, or like maybe yeah, like go a, go be an adjunct professor? Can, or something. can I get no 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 no? Not Just even. Can, I don't even can you kick me an associate minor? I yeah. graduated from college. I still need these credits, but like can I get this, an associate's? Please? This felt to me like doing you know two or th- uh, not that I ever did three college classes worth of work, but it felt like that's what it should feel like. So to your question, like yeah, it, it felt like a lot of work and a lot of process, and it was very cool to close and be like, woo, sigh of relief. But then you just turn around and you're like, and now let's uh, start the next 
project, which is getting this thing up and up and running again. Well, one thing I noticed when I think of the theater, I think of the, that marquee yeah. and everything. Yeah, and yes. the marquee, it's, it's, it's iconic. It's, yeah, and the so if, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe today it said what? Thank you, Bill. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, he, how important has he been? Dude, he uh, people need to know, uh, and I well, Bill should be in the Rally Hall of Fame. He's been the most. Uh, successful independent movie owner in this city for folks who don't know and I'll, I'll get them all wrong i'll sell them short but at one point he owned mission valley uh movie theater yeah when that was wow there. okay um, he opened the lumina in chapel hill sure okay so, that, so if you've been there like he they, they when somebody wanted to open a theater they were like hey guy who's really good at it will you come over and do it in chapel hill even though you, you know you're a rally guy um the 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 colony the, the Rialto used to be called The Colony, so after they changed it in the 80s to The Rialto, he had The Colony name. He threw that on some theaters. A couple others. There was a studio, one and two, that used to be on Hillsborough Street. You guys are a little too young for that. But, I mean, <laughs> he operated all these things. They all had their, like, little unique space, and they were super cool, and he just knew how to do it right. Um, and then the, the vibe he created, The Rialto, I'm guessing – he would say that that's his like favorite space because mm. of the the unique nature of the historic yeah. nature that you referenced him doing live shows every now and then like I, i'll be reading its history i'm like melissa etheridge played here and this the smile will come up he'll be like oh man that was a fun night <laughs> you know? um, so he uh when many people say the rialto and they talk about their memories they don't realize that they're talking about the experience that he created and so if i didn't have those memories if, if i didn't have that nostalgia I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, nor would any of the group that we're a part of. And so he deserves so much credit. And he really wanted to put Coming Soon up there. And his his, uh, his line was, as soon as you change the marquee, all hell's going to break loose. I thought, you know, I, I work in this biz. I know what happens when you know a post is going to go viral or whatever. I was not quite ready for, you know, how many messages I've gotten today on this thing. But mm-hmm. I wasn't going we, – we got plenty of time to get cheeky on the marquee between now and when we actually get, get up and running things. But uh, but thank you, Bill. Felt like the the only place to start with the with the message that I was picking. So I look forward to seeing the cheekiness. Uh, it'll be, it'll yeah. be a good time. As I did. I had somebody today uh, offer. They're like, "Yo, I'm a pun master. When you need some puns, hit me up for the marquee. I'm like coming at you. Let's do it. All right, uh, Hayes Permar, the managing partner, popcorn popper, all around hype man. Excited for the Rialto Theater now. Joining us here in studio. We see a lot of change in downtown Raleigh. Yep. To me, I think when I think of someone who is Raleigh, I think I think of you. In all honesty, because like Hayes Permar, Raleigh. I just it's instantly what pops in my head, and I say that in like all the great ways possible. Because of so many things that have changed, new buildings and stuff popping up downtown. How important is it to maintain a piece of the character of Raleigh with the Rialto Theater? Yeah, I think sometimes people go overboard. Sometimes there's a great restaurant that you know mom and pop started, and it's not meant to be. Turned over to every generation, right? Yeah. A 25-year run is a great run for a restaurant. Sure. And, you know, um, I think sometimes people go overboard with, oh, my God, you know, this place closed. I don't – I personally don't want Raleigh to be a museum where we freeze everything and nothing changes. Fair. I do – I want to see these new buildings. I love the Smoky Hollow era, area now where I've got a Publix, oh, yeah. a Midwood oh, Smokehouse, yeah, yeah. a new Anthem Brewery, a uh, new place called Madre that's popping up there. Um, I, I love – the new bars that are right next to the Rialto, Uncle Jesse's Honky Tonk, a place that's coming on, on board in a few months called Loop, Lone Riders down there. So I want new places and fresh blood. But you're right. There is a, a balance, and you want to preserve uh, the cool spaces, partly because we're the capital. You know there's going to be yeah. preservation around you know, the capital buildings and government, stuff like that. The history. But, um, but things, especially things that have already uh, transcended generation, um, the – 
It doesn't get more rally than this. Although uh, we, we were joking earlier, our mm-hmm. man Rusty, he can out top me with any rally story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but this one would be pretty hard to top. I had Santa Claus from the Rally Christmas Parade. Okay. Not this year, but a a long time Rally Christmas Parade Santa Claus stopped me and said I was baptized at the Rialto. Wow. His church was under construction, so the congregation met at the Rialto That's for us. Great. So Santa Claus baptized at the Rialto. And so um, when you've got people who uh, remember going there as the colony in the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. you got folks who remember seeing a stream of Woodstock there in the 70s, um, you got people who r- remember great, cool live shows, seeing J.J. Cole do After Midnight you know, in the 80s or whatever, um, and people who started doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show there in the 80s and 90s. There are three generations in some cases of families who have all performed in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, So when you get something like that and you're like, this is more than just a cool 20-year run for a business, which is a great run. Like This is a place that already has transcended generations Mm -hmm. and shown an ability to evolve and reinvent itself, then... Then it's worth taking a stab at, at, at trying to evolve it another turn and uh, and let it reinvent itself one more time while hanging on to the cool legacy it's always had. So what's the next step? When can people expect to, to it to reopen? Yep. And what's the first thing? What's the first event? Uh, yeah, you talked about the the process and being yeah. a challenge. Uh, one thing I learned in the process is to stop setting hard target dates <laughs> okay. that are like two months out. You know, you don't, set those hard target dates like oh, a week out, maybe. You know, don't seventy you know. sixers this process. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. So um, the, you will see activity and programming at the Rialto this summer. I'm sure. This summer gives me like a, a big three month yeah. uh, target to hit, right? That's, that's like a season. June first, I don't have to have anything going on. But the most likely thing to be rolling up in there is, uh, you know, movies because that's what it's first yeah. equipped to do. Live shows take a little bit of time to to book out, and we're going to upgrade the sound system a little bit. He's got an incredible movie sound system in there that I've uh, inherited, but we're going to augment it with uh, a live. Uh, live performance sound system. So movies, um, we may try some cool stuff that don't just fit in the movies, music, or comedy category. I realized I was I was at Person Street Bar not too long ago watching uh, World Cup game. Yeah. There's 50 people in there sitting, and I was like, no, wait a minute. How is this different? I'm just a bar with a lot more seats and a much bigger screen, you know? Yeah. So can I put on a – if the Canes are playing in three weeks, might you be able to just roll in and watch the Canes on a big screen? Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. So uh, something that it's easily set up and equipped to do. There'll probably be activity. There's a chance we might do some things and then shut down and put a fresh coat of paint on a spot sure. or, uh, or you know, throw in some new speakers or whatever and then back up. But you'll see activity there this summer. By fall and winter, we hope to be up closer to running full speed with with uh, shows and movies and and the extra special stuff we'll be doing. Well, if it's anything like what we've seen reception wise, I- I'm sure the second y'all make any kind of announcements, it's all right, cool. Let's yeah. make our way down. Let's do this thing. Yes, everyone who said, uh, you know, I can't wait and I'm, I'll support it no matter what. Like we are holding you to it. We're coming yeah. after you. I got a lot. It's it. The community support has truly been overwhelming. Um, it's it's cool. You guys know this. Um, you know, when you work in a field, there's a community of that field. So there's mm-hmm. the triangle sports community. Yeah. And I was, you know, part of that for 10 or so years. And we'll then, still say you are. And, and, then, yeah. and then that's the cool thing is once you know that community, you don't leave it. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, I still know you guys, and I come in here and fill in from time to time. Um, but uh, but then it feels like I'm getting into a whole new community. So the bar, restaurant, entertainment yeah. community. And, man, they are some of the most embracing people. They only want to see other bars and restaurants and entertainment facilities succeed. That's awesome. uh, Because they don't – 
look at it as competition. They look at it as if you're making Raleigh cooler, that's all of our goal, and that's what we're all doing. So um, it's uh, it's it's been really, really, really a neighborhood, community, city-wide effort in making this thing happen, and and will continue to be. Because well, if, for example, if if the Ritz is doing well in terms of of concerts or poor houses and people might look up other live music events and they see your place. Yeah, 100%. So they think, oh, what else is out there? I mean, I, I remember in the early 90s where Seattle was the best music scene in the country, right? Yeah. And after that, you know, the, the brands that mattered then, Spin, Rolling Stone, whoever you want to say, mm-hmm. they'd be like, after Seattle, it's the triangle. And it's because, so if Cat's Cradle was making cool concerts, then that meant... Other bands were more likely to play the brewery in Raleigh because they wanted to be uh, in the triangle. So, like, yes, if if we become known as one of the you know the coolest spots for, especially if it's like a certain genre. I mean, we we kind of because we host the Bluegrass Festival. I think there's sure. there's naturally that there's, there's little, Q grass and all that. There's stuff, Q grass, and then we skew a little country because we like some southern. You know, mm-hmm. we have an incredible hip hop festival here. Yeah, you yeah. know, so like yeah, if Dreamville, you can, massive. if you oh can become, gosh. I mean, Dreamville already probably they're probably artists. Who, if the Rialto reached out and was like, hey, we'd love for you to play a show in Raleigh, they're like, oh, that's the place Dreamville is. They must appreciate cool, you know, hip hop music there. Yeah, so, go. yes, everybody just adds to the scene um, and, and everybody wins when, when people are doing cool stuff and just live full houses just beget more live full houses, right? All right, where can people go online to see the latest updates with Rialto, when they can expect stuff? Where can people follow and track that? It's a great question. For right now, you just got to check me out. So my ugly mug is, but uh, we <laughs> so are- at no, D-H-P-I-V. We, now, we, we closed, I mean, just recently, and Bill and I are in the process of the digital transfer of everything. So I'm taking the social media, um, you know, taking the reins on that. Literally, I'm having my IT guy talk to his IT guy, therialto.com was the website, will be the website again. Uh, currently, you'll get to some bugs or whatever, but we'll make sure you know about us. Um, if we need to, we need to reach the people. We'll just come on here and uh, talk with you guys. Yeah, there you go, yeah. We'll Let bring it right on. That's, yeah. easy. That's easy enough. That's Hayes Permar. Congratulations once again, sir. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for our community to see Rialto opening back up. I know I know it's been something that's been in the works for a while, so yep. I'm pumped. So. I'm excited to get you guys there for yeah. a movie or a show. Okay. It's good I'll, for everyone. Good I'll for be everyone. There. All right, we didn't get to do this because we were talking to Hayes. So let's do it right now. Let's hit it. Let's quit it. All right, let's go. We're going to get into game four here in just a moment. All right, Canes, Devils, game four tonight. But I want to go to the Carolina Panthers actually here real quick. So the NFL schedule is going to be fully released on Thursday. Mark your DVR. Exactly. Canes are going to be playing. So, yes, mark your DVR. Canes will be playing in game five. Winning game five at that time. But tomorrow we're actually going to get a couple of – they're going to tease us a little bit, Luis Fernandez. Sprinkle a couple games here and there. Oh, I'll feed you, baby bird. Oh, yeah, basically is what they're going to do. Now – some games we saw last year were played in, in Germany, and there are more games expected this upcoming season. Huge. Expected. Huge NFL fans. Yes. So, Donna Kelsey, this is the mother Mama, of Mama Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, was posting on Facebook that it looks like, I know. <laughs> the, the fact that it's Facebook. <laughs> I know. It's even better. Give it to me. Give me all this. And again, this is just rumor. None of this is set in stone, but this is just rumor, and I, I love this. That it looks like it's either going to be November 12th or November the 19th. So weeks 10 or 11, roughly. 
is when the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be playing in Frankfurt, Germany. All right, last year's games were played in Munich, but this is the first time we're going to have games played in Frankfurt, Germany. Last year we had the Buccaneers and Seahawks yeah. were played in Munich. Good game. Now, she also said this. The Chiefs will also be heading to Germany in 2024. And for that game, they're expected to play the Panthers in Munich. So we might get the Carolina Panthers and the Kansas City Chiefs in Munich in 2024. Now, none of this is confirmed. This is all rumor. What's the time difference? Uh, Hours. Send, Send us over. I'll go. We'll, we'll do a live show from there. Sure, let's do Six it. Six or seven hours ahead of time, I think is what it is. I think Or so. behind one of the two. I was, I, was, I was in Berlin, like, last year. Okay, so Germany's you should know great. these things. I should know these things. I, I forget. Um, that's I love it. I think that's great. Um, you know, obviously, would need to get it confirmed for us. I don't even know if, like, Panthers, Chiefs next year is something they would release this year. We may uh-huh. have to wait, like, an entire year. But I'm, let me paint a picture for you. Up-and-coming team, the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Coming off of uh, NFC South division title, rookie of the year, Bryce Young, meeting to face off against the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Headlines write themselves, man. That they do. That they do. Also, apparently, looks like we're going to have a Super Bowl rematch, Chiefs-Eagles week two. See, so, again, I, a lot of these stuff is starting to float around. Okay, get into this. You you have some thoughts on this. I do. I don't uh, – so, okay. Um well, obviously, the first game of the season every year. It's the team that won the Super Bowl. They host the game. They that Thursday raise the night, Thursday night, all that stuff. Um, I don't because I a lot of people are talking about this. I I am a Bengals fan. I wholeheartedly embrace that. I mean, it's a choice. That's fine. And a lot of people are talking about trying to make that game like as good as possible because the Chiefs play some great teams this year. They play the Bengals in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play Buffalo. They play Philadelphia. And yeah. so they're, they're people and are Dallas. saying Dallas. There you go. That's another one. I mean, so people are saying, oh man, it needs to be like Bengals, uh, Kansas City in Week One on that Thursday mm-hmm. night game. I that same with the Eagles. Same with like a Bills game. I hate having those great games early on in the season. Why? I, because the teams aren't ready. They're going. They need to develop okay, into their. Ready. No, they need to develop into their system. Uh-huh. I want. I want those games to be played when it matters for playoffs. Like when you're like, hey, you know, if they can win this game, they lock up the number one seat. Like that's when I want those games to be played. I want the the Christmas Day game, the or right around that time, the mid December, late December. That's when I want the big games to be played. So, Chiefs Dolphins, Tyreek oh, Hill comes back. Okay. I honestly wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they did. Chiefs Cowboys, I'm fine with that. If they did Chiefs Cowboys, because it's the Dallas and Cowboys, AFC NFC, so it matters a little bit less. All right, let's quit that. And let's hit this real quick. I hit it so good. Game four last night, Lakers Warriors. Lakers win it 104-101 over Golden State. They take a three-one series lead. I said it yesterday to Chris Lee. Winner of last night's game wins the series. Lakers winning last night again that three-one series lead. Give me the Lakers to take the, to take this one. Lonnie Walker, Lonnie 15 Walker. points in the fourth quarter. ACC legend, Lonnie exactly. Walker. ACC legend, Lonnie Walker. 15 points all in the fourth quarter last night. But something that you pointed out, I think it was game one, uh-huh. the free throw discrepancy between the two. The Lakers won that game at the free throw line yesterday. 20 of 20 at the line, 9 of 12 for a Golden State at the free throw and, line. Okay, so anyone who, anyone who starts crying about free throw discrepancy, first mm-hmm. off, I just want to say, they, they mentioned this during the broadcast. I think it was Stan Van Gundy who said this. In the regular season, no team 
took as many free throw attempts as the Los Angeles Lakers. It's the style of basketball they play. In the regular season, no team uh, took as few free throw attempts mm-hmm. as the Golden State Warriors. It's the style that they play. Yeah. Not to mention, the Lakers are also one of the best teams in not fouling. So you have a lot of people complaining about the free throw discrepancy. And, oh, man, the, the NBA wants the Lakers to move on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Don't be dumb. Okay. Yeah. Um, Don't be dumb. Th- yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Why wouldn't they want Golden State to move on? Exactly. They've won four championships in the last however many seasons. And they're the reigning champs. So you can argue they it got both Steph ways. Curry. Exactly. You can argue that both ways. Yeah, the whole thing, the, the, the league. No, get that out of here. Also, I haven't mentioned this to you yet. Mm-hmm. There is a Corgi on TikTok. Okay. That this is related to the Lakers. It is. It is. Okay. It predicts sporting oh, events. Oh, yes. Okay. I've seen this. So this Corgi, they, the owner throws the Corgi a ball. It hits it with his nose, and it goes into a basket. And the basket is labeled for each of the teams that are playing. So he does that for the Warriors-Lakers. This Corgi has gotten every single game right so far. Okay. He's had, he had Lakers game one, Warriors game two, Lakers game three, Lakers game four. He has the Warriors coming back to win in seven. Oh, really? That's all I'm saying. Okay. Place your bets now, folks. Place your bets now. All right. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Uh, well, I mean, are you a smart guy? NC State men's basketball seeing a lot of action in the transfer portal, both coming in and out. The latest being Isaiah Miranda as former, actually, we now say former NC State big man. Yeah. Entering the transfer portal. Now, Isaiah Miranda last, last year should have been, was a wasn't a senior in high school so midway through the school year last year he reclassified enrolled at nc state a semester early so he joined the team in december in december yeah didn't play any at all last season so basically you can use it as a redshirt season all right so for him didn't play any last season but again still reclassified a top 50 national recruit isaiah miranda big man now with the additions of of Middlebrooks yeah. from Clemson coming over. Also, we have Muhammad um, Diara. Yeah, Diara from Missouri coming yeah. in. Another big man standing at six foot ten. And you also paired those two with DJ Burns. Well, things were looking a little crowded. So Miranda is now entering the transfer portal. We're seeing this a lot under Kevin Keats, where top fifty players not actually making it to campus, or not, and I say not making it to campus because Miranda was part of the team last season, but never played. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we're seeing a lot of. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's interesting because now with Middlebrooks and Burns, both are going to be out of eligibility after this season. And Diara has two years left of eligibility, including this upcoming year. You're going to be going right back into the transfer portal again. I would like to have seen another, again, Miranda stick around and stay. Something that you can still build up with your program and supplement with transfers. Yeah, I, it's it's. I don't think it's quite like the sky is falling, as I've seen some people react to sure. it. Sure, I, but I do think that it's frustrating for NC State because yeah, like you need to be building in the moment and building to the future. Uh, one argument that I saw out there was why would they bring in these two big men in Middlebrook and Diara yeah. if they trusted Miranda to be able to come out there and play significant minutes this year. Which, you know, I think that's fair to an extent. But you also have to remember, like, if he did not recommit, he would have been a true freshman this year. Uh So I I think the hope would have been to be able to work back um, and have him really commit next year. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is at this point. you got to hope you have the depth there, which I think they do. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this real quick. 
It's a new day. Yes, it is. Chicago Blackhawks got the number one overall pick Mm -hmm. in the NHL lottery last night, which was revealed yesterday. So congratulations. You got Connor Bedard. For those who don't know who Connor Bedard is, uh, a lot of people know who the name Victor Wembenyama is. Victor Wembenyama is the obvious number one overall pick in the NBA. Generational. When Zion Williamson came out, everyone knew that guy's the number one overall pick. Um, when LeBron was entering the league, he was the number one overall pick. We know that we knew that before it even happened. Connor Bedard is that dude. So congrats, Chicago Blackhawks. You got that guy. Congratulations. All right, uh, another quick thing. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Did I do that? Premier Lacrosse League draft tonight. Let's oh, go, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Seven I love o'clock. Lacrosse. Hey, good, as you should, because I'm a lacrosse player. Um, it's my favorite sport and is the best sport ever. <laughs> and so that's taking place tonight. So I had to throw that out there. Let's quit that. Let's hit this real Ooh, fast. Yeah, I want to. Let me let me hit this one. You like that? You like that? Go ahead. Less than seventy-two hours until Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Okay. Uh, we're gonna be one of the greatest video games of all time. I can't wait to play it. Uh, sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. For all my Zelda fans out there, seven less than seventy-two hours remaining. We got this. Okay. Get get your, get your Red Bulls ready. All right. Let's quit that. Let's hit one final thing here real fast. Why not? Should I be worried that Lizzo won't happen tomorrow at PNC Arena? Okay, because she's been dealing with strep throat. She had to cancel some shows. She's set to perform in Baltimore tonight. She's a professional. Well, she is, but I'm wondering, because she's still recovering from strep, if she goes too hard tonight at, at the concert that she maybe has to take another show off, and that would affect tomorrow's show at PNC Arena, which I'm set to go to. It was my Valentine's Day gift. For my girlfriend and I, I want to go watch Lizzo, and I'm afraid that it's not going to happen, Lewis. Stevie Nicks later this week, too, though. And I'll be there on Friday as well. There you go. Fall I'll be back. there on Friday. All right. Kane's game four tonight. During the Daily Checkdown, coming up, Adam Gold, host of Stormwatch and Aftermath, is going to join us and give us insights on tonight's matchup. Who starts in net? We don't know. There's no morning skate today, but I have a gut feeling on who is going to start. Plus... A little bit more in the NBA, as well as more scandals regarding college athletes and sports betting. We're going to dive into that next on the Daily Checkdown.